0: Life says me, far as I be knowin', haven't time to snack
1: around in comfort all the years.
0: out for free. Grab something great to listen to, for sailing or for rowing, and finish the last chapter in that best
1: ever story.
0: Come on in, look all around, there's plenty for you sea. Make your own stuff right home, I love the library. It's never slow one Most enjoy the library I think for many
1: Welcome to Homegrown Conversations, a collaboration between KFSK and the Petersburg Public Library. I'm Kari Peterson, and today I'm talking with Mara Sullivan about college education. Welcome, Mara. Hey, thanks for having me. Um. So, can you tell me about your college journey so far and what you're studying?
2: So far, yeah. So, um, so I graduated from Petersburg High School in 2013. Um, And right after that, I moved up to Fairbanks to work on my bachelor's degree in foreign languages and global studies. Um, And I graduated there in 2017. Um, And I took a couple years off. Um, I wanted to get a little experience in the workforce um, and uh, additional, I guess, life experience. So I was in the Peace Corps for a little while. Um, But after that, we were unfortunately evacuated due to the pandemic in March. Um, So myself, along with a lot of other volunteers, were kind of trying to figure out what we were going to be doing next. And um, amazingly, there are a lot of universities who were offering fellowships for evacuated volunteers um, to come and work on their master's degrees. So a little bit earlier than I had originally planned, um, but... I started working on my master's in international studies at the University of Denver. So, yeah, and I did that. That was September of last year. So I'm almost done with my first year.
1: (laughs) Oh, nice. And so is it a two-year program?
2: Yes, two-year program.
1: Okay. So what are you hoping to do with your education in the long run?
2: Um, So I knew that I'd always been interested in working internationally, um, working in the field of diplomacy, international relations. Um, So I wasn't entirely sure what direction I wanted to go with that academically. Um, So the great thing about my program with international studies is it kind of allows you to pick certain classes that you can kind of cater to your own interests, so if you are interested in a little bit of security, a little bit of development, maybe negotiation and conflict mediation. Um, Right now, I'm interning for the State Department, um, working on projects related to um, malign foreign interference, and so uh, a little bit of security and working on disinformation studies is um, kind of an area of work that I'm looking at, Um, Still with the State Department, that would be um, my ideal job. So I'm looking to work in D.C. and hopefully abroad eventually.
1: Wow. That's what a time to be studying disinformation.
2: Yes, we are (laughs) never short of work.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Okay. So you kind of touched on it, but how has the pandemic affected your college education what do you feel are the benefits to um, distance ed and the drawbacks that you've experienced?
2: Um, for, I mean, first it felt like uh, jumping in kind of headfirst into the graduate program um, just because it felt like it was, I mean, at the beginning of the pandemic, it was just a really terrible time for the job market. So um, continuing my education was kind of the, only other option, um, and I'm really glad I am doing it. In regards to how that's working out, um, my university has been really um really accommodating in terms of distance ed. Um, all of our courses are online. Um, there are a few that have an option for a hybrid or flexible um, schedule. So The class is split up and some people go to campus every other week, um, but it won't be the entire class together. The only, I guess, issue I say I would have with it is that they are keeping the distance ed courses at the same price as in-person. And I know that has been a source of contention for a lot of students. Um, And just because it is uh, a different atmosphere when you are engaging with a professor over a camera as opposed to in person. Um, Generally, when you're on campus, you are maybe in that building for several hours of the day. You're able to have impromptu study groups with other students. Um, You're able to kind of drop by professor's offices um, at all hours. Um, And so with everything online, it feels like everything has to be a lot more scheduled. Everything has to be set up in a meeting. Um, so it doesn't feel quite as much like there's kind of a free flow back and forth of information in academia happening um, as it maybe would be in person. Okay. Well, that's interesting
1: that you say that, um, that film I was just telling you about um was telling Mara about a film I just watched that we have at the library called The Ivory Tower. And in there, they, they actually researched the um, distance ed and found that um, students learn less mm-hmm. um, through the distance ed. Um, yeah. And they were, they were specifically studying college students. Mm-hmm. Um, it, that's the students they were studying. So can you tell me a little bit about the financing of your college education and how you feel about the financial risk now that you're almost completed?
2: So for my undergrad, I was really fortunate to be able to go to school in Alaska. Um, I knew I wanted to stay in state, just kind of comparing tuitions around the country Um, working on a budget with my family and through the 529 plan that Alaska has. So um, because of that, I was and additional grants and some scholarships and working every year of my undergrad. I was able to finish my bachelor's um, without debt, which is um, unheard of. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's pretty, I think it's kind of rare and unfortunately so. Um, so I, I'm very grateful for that. So going into a master's program, I am partially financed through a fellowship that's called the um, Paul D. Coverdell Fellowship. It's awarded to Return Peace Corps volunteers for their service and um, some additional merit scholarships. But I do not receive uh, any other tuition for attending DU. Um, So this is the first time I've had to take out loans for that. And so it has been an interesting process. I will say it has been a large relief, and I've been reading some articles about this as well, that the current and and the previous administration's um, pause on interest rates and um, loan repayments, I know, have been a really big help for a lot of people. So while I will have to pay these loans, um, they haven't been accruing interest. So that has been a really nice thing. Yeah.
1: And so I guess I have a a follow-up question there. Do you, do you feel confident you'll be able to find a job once you are out of school?
2: Um, there are some weeks, um, that when I'm kind of in the middle of doing 10,000 things at once, that it often feels like, oh my gosh, am I doing the right thing? Was this a good move? Am I even going to be able to like find work in my field? At least for international relations and studies, it has been, uh, There's been actually an uptick in a lot of interest um, in working in that field again, kind of a lot of revived passion in foreign relations. So um, I've been really vigilant um, and, you know, keeping an eye out for opportunities. So I feel that I feel um, pretty confident that I will be able to get a job in my field, just being patient. And I would say that when you're in this stage of a master's program, you are, looking at probably every single job and internship that is out there. Um, yeah, Just because you really don't want to miss anything and you also never know, you know, what kind of skills you might benefit from, um, you know, just kind of a offhand internship if you do have time to do one. So
1: do you have any advice for um, kids starting on their college journey or thinking about it or yeah, because yeah. um, it's, it's just really an overwhelming process that like when you talked about budgeting with your family, I mean, it's a lifelong planning. It's not something you get to your junior or senior year and start planning. Right.
2: Right. You know, it's something that, yeah, like I, my, my parents have been help, helping me plan for that and have been supportive of that um my whole life. Um, so I've been very, um, very very privileged in that way. I think that, you know, working on it as as soon as you can, um, exploring avenues for funding, um, not necessarily, you know, having to know exactly what it is you want to study before you go in. I think that a lot of students don't know, you know, if they're within a certain demographic that there are opportunities for funding and scholarships out there for them. I also highly recommend working with your careers advisor, which is something that I didn't utilize as much in my undergrad, but I'm now using in my master's program. I meet with my careers advisor a few times every quarter and we work on my resume and we talk about internship opportunities and it's really helpful for kind of realigning your focus. Um, And yeah, it's, um, it's an investment for, for the rest of your life. Um, So I'll always, I'll always champion for, for higher education. (laughs) Yes.
1: And can you, tell us a little bit about your experience with the Alaska permanent fund program for, for financing college education. Um, yeah.
2: Yeah. If, so, if you
1: feel comfortable.
2: Yeah, about. for sure. Um, so basically, you know, as soon as I started getting my PFD, basically right after I was born, my parents had set up a 529 plan for me. I believe it's still called that. Um, I know they've gone through a little bit of restructuring the last couple of years, but basically uh, my PFD every single year went into that along with um, sometimes like additional finance from my parents at the time or other family members. And I remember, um, growing up always being like wanting to spend my PFD and being really upset (laughs) that I couldn't go buy something with it. Um, but then paying for that first semester of college and realizing that I wasn't going to have to take out loans, um, just being in a very different financial situation. I was really, really grateful for kind of that forethought and that planning, it's just kind of crazy that it it took 18 years (laughs) to save the money for the money for that. Yeah.
1: Well, thank you. I, I sure appreciate you talking to us today.
2: Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed it. After a few
1: days of our conversation settling in, Mara had one more thought she'd like to add. She said she would highly recommend that students take advantage of remote internships this summer Most employers are offering them remotely due to COVID, and even if they're unpaid, it's a great opportunity right now as students don't have to relocate to take part in the internship. If you're just joining us, this is Homegrown Conversations, a collaboration between KFSK and the Petersburg Public Library. I'm Kari Peterson, and the second guest today is my son, Gus Peterson who has just returned to school in person and he left at the end of March, I believe, or was it in April? No, it was the end of March. Yeah. So Gus, can you tell us a little bit about the school that you've been attending? This is your second year. In-
0: it's a uh, cartooning straight school uh, that was founded by Joe Kubert, who was uh, a among- bull a uh, comic book artist, um, his fellow family, uh, his two sons have uh, continued on his legacy, cartooning. And now uh, the school is owned by uh, Anthony Marquez, a uh, well-known artist, uh, has worked for, as an editor at DC and DC Comics and Dynamite. And it's a, primarily a trade school that focuses on cartooning.
1: Okay, this is a three-year school, and last year was your first year in school, and Gus's experience with financing school was a little bit different than Mara's. Um, He lived at home for several years after high school and saved money to be able to go to school and then also took out loans. Um, It is a trade school, and it's about twice as expensive as if he were to go to an in-state public university but they also do not have any out-of-state tuition it's the same price for everybody it's a private trade school can you tell us about your experience leaving school in march of last year
0: well um by the time i actually left they had already closed down the school no one really knew what uh was happening with the pandemic and it was mandated. And uh, so after the school shut down, things switched to um, online classes and almost everyone left the dorms. I was one of the few people left near the end. Uh, I had to come home because they were shutting down uh, flights to Alaska, which meant um, I had to pack up all my stuff and leave. A lot of people lost a lot of stuff at my dorm because they got up and left and never came back for that. And I didn't know that until it came back, uh, this year, but, um, a lot of people never came back for a lot of their stuff.
1: Okay. And so I remember that, um, I had your ID because we had gotten your new real ID the day you left town. And so you left town with a temporary ID and we had to mail your ID to you. And you got it that day at four o'clock in the afternoon and you moved out of your dorm that night and got on a jet the next morning. You caught, you caught a ride to the airport at two in the morning that morning and got on the jet and came home.
0: I believe it was the last flight out.
1: Yeah, it was, (laughs) before they shut down the flights. Um, Yeah, it
0: was an almost empty airplane. There was maybe like three people on it total, which is weird.
1: So what has your experience been doing distance education? Because you just returned to school. And so you have been in Petersburg doing distance education since march of last year but you took the summer off to work and then you but you went back in the fall
0: yeah well there de- there definitely is a big difference um for one uh it's a little harder to get access to equipment that will uh maybe make things easier or help speed certain things up things like light boxes or specific scanners in my case um those are the two things. Uh, I'm sure that there's stuff like that for other schools, especially trade schools. Um, even though it is mainly uh, 2d art that the school focuses on. So, you know, the hands-on experience definitely isn't there. There are some things that I think some good things I think did come out of that transition. Um, from online to in person, uh, such as the fact that if you get sick, you can just call up the, uh, your teacher on Google Meet and attend class that way, or the fact that you can um, that you know most classes are recorded, so if you you know you need to look back on a lesson, uh, that's really nice and that's not, you know, something that we always had before. So, there are benefits there, but uh it definitely doesn't isn't the same as being there in person and actually getting to have full-on conversations with everyone in the room and engage in real time. So,
1: yeah. It seems like you have really struggled with that aspect of it, not having that
0: yeah, because sometimes you can say something into your microphone and not everyone in the classroom will pick it up or not. Or, uh, you know, sometimes there'll be a leg in the internet or, you know, things like that will happen.
1: So, so. you are now back at school. You've been fully vaccinated. And as soon as your vaccina- vaccination was valid, we sent you back. And how has that been, living because you're on the east coast and I will say too part of your struggle um this past year has been your school remained on east coast time so you had your first class was at 4 30 in the morning every day
0: yeah I'd say 8 30 is a much more reasonable time to be in class um <laughs> on top of that uh a lot of people here uh haven't been vaccinated yet Um, We have it pretty good here, or we have it pretty good there, I should say, in Alaska, because there's such a short wait time for the vaccine. And uh, that really isn't the case here. Some people have signed up months ago and still haven't gotten theirs.
1: So. So most of the students are still waiting to be vaccinated?
0: I would say about half.
1: Yeah.
0: And some of the faculty, too.
1: Now, this is a really small school that you go to. And um, last year, you're, the number of people in your class, because they you were already in a type of a pod because you were with the same students every day. That was just the nature of how they did things. And uh, there was 12 kids in your class. And so how many kids are in your class this year?
0: I believe around seven. Uh because I had this let us up a little bit, and I'm imagine for the second years, it's bigger because there are some people from first year who didn't come back um, or didn't pass and whatnot and the first years uh it sounds like there it seems like there's less of them this year, uh, especially in the actual dorms because yeah. I've only met maybe about five first years um I know there's more and obviously there's a girls dorm uh but there are some that are just online only too so
1: which is quite the drop because last year you were in a room with four other boys and this year you have your own room in the dorm
0: yeah well because because I came here late there was someone else in this dorm but uh they because there's two beds here but um the person uh dropped out and i think it might have actually had something to do with the pandemic but uh it is it, it is a weird experience um and it's weird how the pandemic has affected certain classes it's a really weird experience being in a figure drawing class and uh the nude model is wearing nothing but a face mask.
1: (laughs) That that does sound odd. Um, So what is your experience now that you're back at school? How are you feeling about your education now and your investment especially?
0: It's more or less the same as when I first came. Uh, The only real difference is Some of the same people that I hang out with aren't back. Some of them dropped out or left or whatnot, and you know it's it's definitely better because you get to talk and you know uh, socialize with uh, other artists and other people, and especially in an industry like cartooning, and I'm sure this applies to film and TV production, animation, everything like that you really have to make connections with other people in the same field because that's how you get work and that's how you get jobs. You could be the greatest artist in the world, but if no one knows who you are, you're never going to get your stuff out there. And so it really is uh, important to have those connections. And I feel like, it's definitely been lacking that uh, on the online classes. And I know that um, it sounds like some of my other classmates have kind of felt that too. And I feel that uh, that may have been why a few of them dropped out this year. because oh, they weren't. yeah. Do you think that. they'll
1: come back? Do you think they're just putting off their education?
0: I think some of them are. It's really hard to say but I think that they know it's not the same and they would like to wait for a better time. Yeah.
1: Well, thank you for joining us today and good luck. Thank you. This has been Homegrown Conversations, a collaboration between KFSK and the Petersburg Public Library. Thank you to KFSK and the Friends of Petersburg Libraries for making today's show possible. And thank you to Mara Sullivan and Gus Peterson for joining us today. This show will be archived at the library's website, www.psglib.org, as a podcast, and you can listen to it there. Thank you for joining us.